Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Want to remind you that I'm going to be in Knoxville this weekend. Cannot wait to get there. We'll be having a good time uh, as we get ready for the Tennessee-Florida game in Neyland Stadium at 3.30 Eastern on Saturday. I'm going to give you my gambling pick on that one here in a moment. We've got a bunch of stories to dive into. I look forward to seeing many of you Florida Gator and Tennessee Volunteer fans in Knoxville on Saturday. All right, right off the top here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about what is a clown show investigation by Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York. Uh, Everybody out there understands that if you had the goods on Donald Trump, you would bring criminal charges against him. You wouldn't file a civil lawsuit that is going to spend years embroiled in litigation and likely end in some sort of financial settlement between the Trump organization uh, and the state of New York over uh, all of these allegations, okay? So I just want you to think about this. This is a failure, yet again, to hold Trump criminally responsible for anything that they have been investigating for now years. This is the Attorney General of New York, a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat who has been bragging that she is going to get Trump for years, announcing charges against him 48 days before her uh, midterm election uh, is on the line when she is not getting very much support in the state of New York. She is a political hack And this is a ridiculous political-based investigation. But I don't even spend much time on civil-related charges. And so I will just point out that this is part of the ongoing quest of Trump derangement syndrome. There is nothing here. If there was something here, she would have brought criminal charges and she would have sacked up and tried to hold Trump accountable, even though it would have still been super political She wasn't even able to do that or willing to do that. She's evidently passing that information off to others. All she managed to do was file a civil lawsuit against Donald Trump after years of investigating him for wrongdoing. This is, yet again, another failure when it comes to going after Trump and being able to to handle any of this. So, uh, hold on a sec. I got to handle. I uh, uh, had to handle a little bit of work there. Um, so there is nothing here. This is a total and complete nothing burger, indeed. All right, let's get you rich. Wanted to make sure that I talked about the Trump civil charges and why there was no legitimate basis for them here and why they were political before I made you money. All right, let's start here. Missouri at Auburn. I'm taking Missouri plus seven and a half and the under 51 and a half. Here's my rationale. Missouri is 
not good. But Auburn doesn't have a quarterback who can actually throw the football. That's important and kind of a big deal in 2022. Uh, Brian Harson's team, if they are seven and a half points better than Missouri, then Missouri needs to fire Eli Drinkwitz on the spot because Auburn is awful. You've got plenty of time to prepare for them. They're coming off a difficult physical battle against Penn State. And if Missouri isn't able to stay within seven and a half, I'm going to be thoroughly disgusted by the Tigers. Give me Mizzou plus the seven and a half. I also like the under here. I don't think Auburn can score. I don't think Missouri's very good either. I'm on the under 51 and a half and Mizzou plus the seven and a half. Clemson, Wake Forest, I'm going to take the over. Wake has been scoring points. Uh, The games that they have played in against Power 5 conference opponents have gone for 80 and 72. Clemson has also been scoring points decently down the stretch here. Over 55 and a half, frankly, it feels like stealing. All right, Florida, Tennessee. The Gators, and it pains me to say this, are 16-1 and against Tennessee in the last 17 years. And your boy here, over nearly a generation of football, do you know who's watched every snap? Do you know who has been crushed 16 of the last 17 years? This guy. I might have lost you all a billion dollars thinking that Tennessee was going to be competitive against Florida. Tennessee right now, 10.5-point favorite against the Florida Gators. That is the largest line that Tennessee has been favored over Florida by in my entire life. And what I believe has to happen here, pretty clear, Tennessee has to dominate. Either Florida is going to win a close game, in my opinion, or Tennessee is going to blow Florida out. Because if it's a close game, Tennessee will find a way to choke it away. This game reminds me, going back in time here, 1995, Tennessee against Alabama. Tennessee couldn't beat Alabama for my whole childhood. It's a pre-Nick Saban Crimson Tide. And then in 1995, sophomore quarterback Peyton Manning dropped back to pass, hit Joey Kent on a crossing route for 80 yards, Tennessee put a whipping on Alabama. The game was never really close. Tennessee would go on to win, I believe it was 10 of the next 11 games against Alabama until Nick Saban came back and then the Crimson Tide has not lost to the Tennessee uh, since Nick Saban got to Alabama. But this year, this year is going to be the 1995 version of Tennessee against Alabama. Neyland Stadium is going to be electric. I'm going to be there. Tennessee is going to win 42-20. to 20. They are going to cover this number with ease. Give me the Vols, minus 10.5 for an Alabama 1995-style beatdown of the Florida Gators. Notre Dame, North Carolina. This line is strange to me. UNC coming off the road. I believe they beat Georgia State and they beat App State. I don't know why they're playing these games on the road in the first place. Notre Dame managed to rally and beat Cal. Notre Dame sitting at went 1-2. and two. Uh, UNC is 3-0. and oh. UNC is only a one-and-a-half point favorite here. Surprises me because Notre Dame, while talented, has no offensive firepower. This would be a monster win for the Tar Heels. They are super excited about playing this game. I got to be honest with you. 
I think UNC wins comfortably. This line stinks to the high heavens. Feels uh, like there's some sort of rig job in fact in effect here. But I'm taking uh, UNC minus one and a half against Notre Dame. Uh, then we're going to go to Iowa Rutgers. You know, very few people are more supportive of Greg Schiano than me. Longtime listeners, longtime readers, longtime followers of OutKick are well aware that while most of the media wants to kick Greg Schiano, I have been a longtime defender of the legendary Vince Lombardi like Greg Schiano. And I like Rutgers as a result, plus seven and a half in this game. I like Rutgers to cover against Iowa. The over-under, 34 and a half. It's one of the lowest over-unders I have ever seen. Partly that's because Iowa's first three games, 10 total points, 17 total points, 27 total points. I am taking Rutgers plus the seven and a half, and I am taking the under in this game. A seven and a half point line in a 34 and a half point over-under is actually a big number. Too big, Rutgers covers, and the under hits. Arkansas going up against Texas A&M. I'm going to take the under 48 and a half in this game. Why? Why am I taking the under 48 and a half? Because to me, when you break this down, it's about pace, tempo, and control. And Texas A&M defensively has taken the air out of the football all season long. In fact, Aggie home totals, this is a fourth straight home game for Texas A&M, have gone for 31-31, 26 points in the first three games. I believe that they will dictate pace, tempo, and the under will hit here. Relatively easy. I'm on the under 48.5. Intrigued to see what happens as A&M is a a 1.5 point favorite against Arkansas. I think Arkansas is the better team. On the road, though, low scoring. Feels like a 24-20 to style game. Um, And uh, I don't feel comfortable about who's going to come away with the victory, but I do love the under here. Finally, Vanderbilt on the road against Alabama. I think Vanderbilt, who has been scoring, look, they've scored 63, 42, 25, 38 points in their first four games. They've already played four because they opened at Cal, uh, sorry, at Hawaii. I think that Vanderbilt's going to cover the 40 and a half at Alabama. Give me the Crimson Tide not to get it done. And the Commodores, the Commodores to sweep in and cover the 40 and a half. There you have it. Nine big winners for all of you. We'll be right back in a moment. But first, this break. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Um, but yes, we should be good to go there. Um, all right, uh, a bunch of different uh, gambling picks there, nine winners for you. Uh, several other different stories that I want to make sure I hit. Kyrie Irving came out. And I believe I took a screenshot of this so I didn't mess it up. Kyrie Irving said COVID vaccine mandates were, quote, one of the biggest violations of human rights in history. That was a part of his tweet. And I want to make sure that I read it for you completely uh, because I sent this out as well. And I believe Kyrie Irving has actually been courageous in being willing to speak out against all of these COVID shot monstrosities, monstrosities and the fact that they've actually been able to exist in general. Uh, Here is what Kyrie Irving said, and I give a great deal of credit to him. If I can work and be unvaccinated, then all my brothers and sisters who are also unvaccinated should be able to do the same without being discriminated against, vilified, or fired. This enforced vaccine pandemic is one of the biggest violations of human rights in history. And I give credit to Kyrie Irving for sticking to his guns here, to Novak Djokovic and also Aaron Rodgers, among many other athletes who also publicly came out against the COVID shot. And I got to tell you, New York City has now done away with a private business COVID vaccine mandate. So you can go into any job as long as you are not a city or federal employee and walk right in. There was no point in this from the get-go. I had to get a waiver to be able to go into the Fox News building up in New York City because I never got the COVID shot. They are now doing away with it starting November 1st. Anybody can go in. We'll be back to relative normalcy. But Kyrie Irving pointed out the hypocrisy of this on so many different levels. He was allowed to sit courtside and watch basketball games, but he wasn't allowed to play in them. And it was so many people out there, there were so many people out there, who were just sheep, and they weren't willing to speak out. They weren't willing to use uh, their voice to speak out powerfully for many people who didn't have that option. And I give credit to Kyrie Irving (coughs) for speaking out on this issue. It's also still ridiculous that the United States requires you to have a COVID shot in order to enter the country, unless, of course, you're entering illegally from the southern border. Almost every country in the world has ended their COVID shot requirements because the COVID shot is worthless and there isn't really any basis upon which to continue this. Uh, Canada has now ended its COVID shot requirement just in time, conveniently, for the Major League Baseball playoffs. My father-in-law lives across the river in Michigan from Canada. He's uh, in the Detroit area. And I wasn't allowed to go across 
Think about how crazy this is. I wasn't allowed to cross the river into Canada in his boat because I hadn't gotten the COVID shot. Think about how crazy that is to actually contemplate that this was ever the law of the land anywhere. But Canada, Justin Trudeau's government, has even ended their COVID shot requirement, yet the United States still has it. You know who else has it? China, North Korea, the United States, among the only countries still in the world that are requiring people entering the country in airplanes to have the COVID shot. Non-citizens, by the way. I can come back and forth into the United States without having had the COVID shot. Uh, But all of this is crazy, particularly because it's built upon Dr. Anthony Fauci, who mocked masks at restaurants in private, according to Brian Morgenstern, who we just had on the radio program. He said that Fauci in private would ridicule the idea that restaurants required you to wear a mask when you walked in, and then as soon as you were seated, they would allow you to take your masks off and eat. Many people, including yours truly here, have ridiculed this idea for years. Turns out, privately, Dr. Fauci also recognized that it was ridiculous, but he never spoke uh, spoke out against it. He also said privately that he could get everybody to believe anything that he said. Uh, Brian Morgenstern told us that Fauci was an egomaniac who was certainly wrong about almost everything, yet Fauci privately would acknowledge how absurd it was that if people he told people to wear goggles or multiple masks, that they would listen to him, their saint, Anthony Fauci, and actually do it. And in private, he was ridiculing all those people who were following his advice and making those choices. This is yet more evidence of why I believe history will view Dr. Anthony Fauci as one of the worst Americans that has ever lived because of the lockdowns, the school closures, and all the disastrous policies that he helped to ensure we implemented, which had absolutely no benefit to the American public, including these COVID shots, which don't work, and there should be lawsuits surrounding all of them if you could actually sue. Uh, I think Moderna and Pfizer might well go bankrupt over the fallout from these COVID shots. Finally, Vanderbilt University Medical Center here in my hometown of Nashville. Now, Vanderbilt University Medical Center since 2016 has not been a directly owned by Vanderbilt University. They are an independent hospital. Uh, but Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire did some fantastic work to discover that Vanderbilt has been, uh, has been doing these awful surgeries on minor children and cutting off their breasts, cutting off genitals, changing the gender of kids. This, to me, is an atrocity, okay? It is child abuse. It is unacceptable behavior. And we should have a criminal investigation and potentially potentially we have to, in my home state of Tennessee, but also across the entire nation, start to hold doctors accountable for this behavior because it is indefensible. Uh, And let me explain exactly what I mean by this. You can't get a tattoo in this country until you're at least 18 years old. 
You can't get a beer until you are 21 year, years old. You can't rent a car in many places until you are 25 years old. Yet we are allowing minor children to cut off their genitals when they are 14 and 15 years old. And this is being done and it's not considered child abuse. Look, if you are over the age of 18 and you decide that you want to have surgery to change your gender, you can do that. I disagree with it by and large. I think that when you are young, you oftentimes make irrational choices. I don't think an 18 or 19-year-old should do this. My personal opinion. But if you're an adult and you have the money to be able to afford to do it, then I think you should have that right. I believe in freedom in America. But if you're a minor child and we don't allow you to get a tattoo till you're 18 and we don't allow you to buy a beer until you're 21 and we don't let you rent a car until you're 25 because we don't think you can handle the responsibility of tattoos, beer, or driving a vehicle that is not your property, how in the world are we allowing minor children to have gender reassignment surgeries when they are at those ages? We don't typically even consider kids to be responsible for crimes that they commit before they are 18 years old. So how in the world are we justifying decisions when it comes to these sort of desecrations of the body to change the gender? It's indefensible. It's wrong. There is no way to defend it at all. And it should be considered child abuse nationwide. And more people need to be speaking out about how wrong this is, whether it's occurring at Vanderbilt University Medical Center or it's occurring anywhere else around the world. Give credit to Matt Walsh for his investigation here and for his uh, deep dive into this unacceptable behavior. All right. Gave you nine gambling picks. Uh, I will be on, at least I'm scheduled to be on, with Jesse Waters tonight on Fox News. Hope you sold me, saw me this morning on Fox and Friends talking about Aaron Judge, 60th home run. Let me mention Aaron Judge's 60th home run again here, uh, by the way. It's a shame that McGuire, Sosa, and, uh, and that ilk, Barry Bonds, all occurred. Because otherwise, this would be an incredible story right now with Aaron Judge becoming the first player without being involved in the steroids era to hit 60 home runs would be a remarkable achievement, remarkable story. Congrats to Aaron Judge. I'm rooting for him to break the Babe Ruth and also the Roger Maris record and be, in my opinion, the default leader for all-time home runs in Major League Baseball. Good for him. I appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I will see you later today on Fox News and tomorrow on Clay and Buck. Thanks for all your support of OutKick. We are rolling because of you guys. Thank you all.